This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Oh, as if my phone just went off in that exact moment. Let me turn that on to silent. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebounding Safety. This week, I'm going to be reflecting on my chat with the legendary Rosa Carrillo. Let's jump into the introduction and then we'll get right into it. Problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing a stereotype. Brought to you by Risplip. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranded Safety. Rebranded Safety is the YouTube channel and podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin. We're here to change the perception of health and safety. We do that right here on the podcast. We do that on YouTube as well. So if you're new here, hit those subscribe buttons and all of that malarkey so that they can do crazy algorithms, thingy-majiggies, magical things that they do and get me in the ear holes of all the other lovely people out there that are missing out on the pleasures. It is my voice. Don't you? You agree? Anyway, do you not think this music sounds like the start of like a Guy Ritchie film? Here, listen to this. Imagine Charlie Hunnam walking into a pub. Wait, see you, you. Beep. Do you know what I mean? A proper Cockney, like the gentleman. You ever seen that film? It's a great film. Or Snatch. It'd be like, it'd be like, this is James. James has been working in London for 50 years. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let me get, let me get on top of this. Right. My chat with Rosa. How did you enjoy it? I hope you liked it. I quite enjoyed it. Firstly, first note I've got on here, what a lovely lady Rosa is. An absolute pleasure to have a discussion with a pleasure to interview lovely lovely lady very big name in the industry um somewhat of a mini celebrity really in our profession and still very nice lovely lady to talk to so that was nice hopefully you noticed that the audio was a bit better and we've been having a little bit of problems and actually the problems have been really old problems so because a lot of the interviews that we had for the safety one safety two mini series and all the other stuff were recorded so long ago it we were still in that period as when i was transitioning from uh, office to to new office so basically spare bedroom one spare bedroom two <laughs> and um and and yeah it was just something i'd knocked something off and i couldn't work out what it was and it sounded all right to me when i'm doing it and then when it came into post edit it was just all over the place and i'm just like oh what a nightmare so and you know short of re-recording the whole thing again which i wasn't going to do um there was nothing i could do about it so unfortunately you just had to suck it up and i apologize for that but hey perfection is the enemy of progress So I'm going to, as per usual, I'm going to whiz through some of my notes from my chat with the amazing Rosa. So let's crack on with the reflection. 
So first note I've got here is when I asked Rosa to kind of list off the soft skills, she actually only gave us two, um, which is really interesting. For her, you know, kind of mindful listening or like active listening or whatever we wanted to call it, but, you know, like proper listening, like you're actually present with the person and empathy, which ultimately... Is, is all she thinks that we need as a profession in, in from the soft skills side anyway and I was just a bit taken aback really by the fact that it was just those two that she kind of picked out um, for me it was like well, it, it kind of showed how how important they were it really showed us how vital those two things are that actually out of all the things that she could have picked out she just said actually you just need to be a good listener and be empathetic which i love i love that i absolutely love that and and for so long so many times i hear so many people talk about oh you got to build relationships and i talk i say that all the time we've got to build relationships and the two fundamentals of building relationships listening to them like present presently listening like actively listening to them and understanding their challenges where they are walk a mile in their shoes be empathetic so i just thought that was just beautiful that she kind of picked those two out and absolutely for me it just kind of it was like yeah 100 percent agree um it was absolutely spot on um what do you think like let me know in uh in a well we can't put comments because this is a podcast but uh let me know on on linkedin uh come and dm me and, and let me know do you think there's more um i mentioned it in the, in the chat with rosa actually but i can't remember for the life of me who i was talking to but somebody mentioned that i actually think that conflict resolution was one of the most important soft skills that we have um but that, and i put that to rosa and her point was well if you don't have good listening skills and good empathetic good empathy then well you're probably you know that's probably why you're in that conflict situation maybe i i don't know sometimes we kind of no matter how much we listen how empathetic we are we always end up in a conflict you know this stuff's really easy to talk about really easy to say oh be empathetic but actually in the moment it's really really difficult and in next week's episode i'm going to kind of go more deep into that and talk about how i've dealt with my stories of dealing with really difficult people and difficult situations and how we kind of do it and what i've learned from essentially my failures over the years so essentially we're talking about is is relationships but you know what was really interesting is how many times the word trust came up and i hear this a lot so clive lloyd who's just wrote the book um next generation of safety leadership he talks about trust a lot and, and actually says if you don't have trust, then everything else will fail. Like trust is the foundations of what we need. And that's essentially what we're trying to do and trying to build in these relationships is, is, by being, by listening and by being empathetic is building trust in relationships. And I have actually got an interview with Clive coming up, but it was, um, it was quite safety too. So I kind of paused it and held it back. So I'm, I'm going to give it like a, Probably next month we might put that out. Um, we'll wait and see. Uh, but yeah, I've got that sitting in the sitting in the um, sidelines, waiting to come on. So, is is it that without relationships and trust, everything is kind of wasted? Everything is pointless? Because maybe that's how we we kind of talk about it, isn't it? Is that 
without relationships and without trust, without empathy, without listening, there's just no point in doing anything. But actually, I think it is a fact that we, we can do a reasonable amount of work because you look at, I mean, I look at all the places that I've worked at and damn, there was no trust, there was no empathy, there's no listening, there's no, there's no relationships whatsoever. But they made they're pretty good businesses. They made good money and, and we survived through the day and we got through. So I actually think that when we talk about these and we say like if you don't have these then you're not going to have anything else i think you that's not true i think for me it's if you don't have these you're not unleashing the true potential of your business and your people and well just yeah your business your organization because there's just so much potential there that you can unleash but you can't because you don't have the relationships that you need I think anyway. So I think that we should probably talk about them from a point of view of they're the key to the to the future, the next step, so to speak. There was an interesting point in the conversation with Rosa in that I don't think I agreed with Rosa and I still don't think I agree with Rosa in that Rosa's point around kind of not having credibility in an industry that you haven't worked there it actually basically you need to know the industry and and this kind of came from a point of me challenging do, do we need those technical skills and and I'm still don't get me wrong I'm not saying that you have no knowledge of like a risk assessment or anything like that but but really like what is a risk assessment like really what is a risk assessment we can all assess risk we all do it all the time you, damn i mean how many of you safety professionals listen to this podcast go on training sessions and you're like what's a risk assessment really you cross the road you're doing a risk assessment we kind of say that a risk assessment is something we do all the time it's something that we do every single day so if that's the case then is it a technical skill now, if we're talking kind of quantitative risk assessments, like in our kind of high-risk high chemical sector and, and, and safety engineering and stuff, then 100%, that is a skill. That's a technical skill, 100%. But is is doing a kind of qualitative risk assessment a skill? Is it a technical skill? I'm not really sure. I, I actually think that the skills that we use to do an effective risk assessment, a good risk assessment are actually the things that we call soft skills. I don't think they're technical in any way, shape or form. So what is a technical skill in safety then? Is it understanding the difference between a fixed guard and an interlocking guard? Understanding the hierarchy of, of controls? Is it understanding health and safety at work acts? Is it understanding how the, different, the difference between criminal and civil law? What is it? What are these technical skills that everyone feels the need to caveat themselves when they say, you know, there's been a whole panel discussion talking about soft skills, but then just go at the end of it and say, well, obviously you still need to get your knee bosh. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, do you? Like, really? I do think you, you're in a safety department. I do think you need an understanding of criminal and civil law. I do think you need to understand probably some of the more higher risk stuff. And I, maybe, 
maybe it is beneficial to understand the kind of technical side of some of the risks and hazards that we deal with. So, for example, in the NCRQ deployment that I did, they went quite in-depth with, well, I remember they went really in-depth with chemical, um, which I thought was a bit much, but they went quite in-depth with like slips and trips and how a slip, like the mechanics of a slip, which I thought was interesting. But but I was ultimately like, at the end of it, I was ultimately like, does that help me do my job? And I'm still not sure. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with this, guys. Like, I'm really on the fence. Like, I'm really not sure. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, you do. And then sometimes I'm like, really? Like, what do I... If, if, if I have to understand, like, something technical, I'm just going to get the ACOP or I'm going to Google it. So do we? Do we really need these, these diplomas, these qualifications? Or do we need something that's a bit more... Focusing on those sefs, those so-called soft skills, the psychological side of it, the social side of it. It's really hard. It's re- it's really. I do think understanding law helps. I do. I do. I genuinely think that understanding the law helps. Understanding how to read and find legislation and how it works and and that. But I don't think actually. I don't remember Nebosh ever telling me how to actually read legislation because it's not it's not like reading, picking up a novel and, and just going, oh, yeah, I get this. Yeah, it's like fucking numbers and paragraphs and subparagraphs and reg this and reg that. And then you get amendments and then you click on the website and you're like, well, that's only showing me the amendments. So how far do I go back? Like stuff like that, you just kind of pick up over the years. But actually, I think that's the stuff that really helps. So I keep coming back to it. What are the technical skills? So one might go, well, okay, understanding electrical safety, understanding safety welding, understanding confined space, understanding work at height. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair fair point. But if the person doing the job is the one at risk, then surely they should be the ones that actually understand that risk more than us. Should, should. I'm not talking about where we are now. I'm talking about should. This is kind of like a hypothetical, perfect safety world I'm talking of here. So bear with me. Why is it I trained as an electrician first year, mid-recession, didn't get the apprentice, the, to get the apprentice job for the next year, unfortunately. Hashtag recession. Um, and I don't remember anyone ever talking about lockout tagout. I vaguely remember talking about test for dead and things like that. But these are kind of safety critical. I mean, you talk to Louise Taggart, you know, her, her, her horrifying story of her brother, you know, this is a safety critical thing. And yet I don't really remember lockout tagout being touched on at college. I actually remember being at work and talking about lockout tagout for the first time and being like, oh, that's really interesting. Okay, yeah, I get that. That 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 works. And now I remember having to tell people that are doing the engineering work about lockout tagout and how we're gonna do it. And they were kind of like Okay, I've never really heard of lockout tagout. We kind of do that like this, but we could do it better there and stuff like that. So they kind of already did did this stuff, but I didn't really know what lockout tagout was. Now maybe if some of you listening to this would be like, "Well, you had some bad engineers." Eh, I'm not sure. I don't think we did. I thought they were good lads, but 
I just think back to it. I just think, I think we've got this all wrong. Like, I genuinely do think we've got this all wrong. I think that the safety, I know I did on the video where I broke safety down into kind of three different career specialisms. Um, and I still stand by that to a point in that I think that the generalism side of it is, is yeah, is doomed to fail. I, I kind of do think that. The title is maybe doomed to fail is a bit provocative, maybe. But shouldn't those generalist work be done by the people doing the job shouldn't like we 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 in safety strive to have safety done by the managers and own you know risk owners are the people that actually own the risk but but yeah it's not in your mbes it's not in your management qualifications it's not in like it should be 100 it should be and we as safety professionals should then just be actually kind of expert facilitators of those processes, those conversations. So really, actually, when I look at all these technical skills and I think, really, what are they? I think that, to me, they just look like copy and pastes. They're just like copy from the ACOP and paste over here. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I just... I still keep coming back to that same point. Do we really need those technical skills? What even are those technical skills? Now, look, I am 100% happy to be proven wrong. I'm just here playing devil's advocate because I don't know the answer. I'm not sitting here to preach to say, yes, we should all be you know, completely kind of soft. We should all be psychologists and sociologists and and that's what we should focus on. I'm just throwing ideas out there and so I'm just throwing and see what shit sticks. Do you know what I mean? I'm just throwing it all out there, see what happens because I'm really not sure. I think we are going through a bit of an identity revolution. I've called it an identity crisis previously, but I think it's a good thing we're going through right now. Um, so for me, it's kind of like an identity revolution, kind of like a midlife crisis, but in a good way. So when I come back to Rose's original point in that, she was of the opinion that she couldn't work in an industry she hadn't worked in because she didn't have any credibility. I'm not sure I agree there. I'm still not sure I agree. I think that if safety is what I think it is, which is those kind of expert soft skill people, like I think that's what we actually are, those people that really expertly kind of facilitate success and facilitate problem solving and facilitate capacity to fail safely and facilitate resilience and facilitate organisational learning and things like that. Like we're the people that kind of just facilitate these processes and we do that through soft skills, in my opinion. Anyone can pick up an ISO 45001 document tomorrow and whack it into the business. Anyone could do that. And you might be sitting there thinking, I might have offended you at that point because you're the person that does it. But I'm not being funny. Anyone can do it. Anyone. Because you read it and you go, how do we do that? You get people in the room. You go, right, this is what we need to do. How do we do it? Now, you might need to employ specialists 100%. And then what does that specialist look like? You might need to employ a, I don't know, machine safety specialist or a system safety specialist. But again, I come back to my video. I said that in the compliance section of those, those kind of specialisms, a compliance expert, someone that understands systems and implementing systems, people that understand legislation and law. And therefore they are the safety compliance expert. 
excuse me, just get a swig of drink. So do you lose credibility if you don't know an industry? Well, I don't think you do. I think if you come back to those soft skills points, you do not lose credibility. And actually, I think it's a benefit. So actually, not only do I not do I not agree, I think it's complete opposite. I think that throwing somebody who has no idea about the industry into this situation with the soft skills that they should need to do that successfully, make sure they're good listeners, they're good empathizers. They're good and empathetic, for example. You know, they have those skills where they're able to just kind of coach out of the person what they need to know and then go, oh, okay, so that's your problem. How do we work out about fixing that? I don't think industry matters. I think it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. I'd be interested to see what you guys think. Please, lads and ladies, boys and girls, drop me a message and uh, I'll be interested to see what you think on those two points. Is this a technical profession? And do you lose credibility if you are not experienced in that industry? Because if that's true, I mean, I'm screwed because I have not worked in the same industry for more than three years. Because I get bored. And I think, well, okay, I've learned what I can from manufacturing. Off I go to somewhere else. I've learned what I can from healthcare. Off I go to somewhere else. And I just keep applying different ideas and seeing what happens. And I think they've gone all right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some shitty jobs in the middle, but yeah, I'm still on the fence with that. Well, maybe I'm not on the fence, actually, am I? Sounds like I'm way on the left. Um, But yeah, let me know. Drop me a DM. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'll be interested to see what you all think. I think there's going to be a big divide here. I think that you'll be on one side or the other. I'm not sure um, whether there'll be anybody kind of sitting on the fence in this. So we'll wait and see. Let me have a look at some of my notes. Really interesting. This is a really interesting thing that Rose said that I'm not sure if any of you picked up on, but when we were talking about that point is you know, she was kind of made a point why would I give myself something else to have to deal with when I've already got points against me in being a woman and a woman of colour and that was just really upsetting for me to hear really that that's still an issue such a shame um, that that's still something she experiences now in 2021 um, and that's the way she looks at it that it points against her you know what makes her her being a woman and being a woman of colour is viewed as points against her I thought it was a real real shame um, but I can kind of see it really if I'm honest um, and, I, and I think it happens not more so I think it happens the same for age as well you know I've always been the youngest in the career um, so I'm not really a minority from a from a point of view as how we would probably you know, from ethnicity, you know, or gender, I'm white and I'm a male. So I'm always in the majority on those two categories. Um, but definitely in the minority when it comes to age in our profession, I think throughout my entire career, I'm nearly always the youngest in the room up until the last couple of years or so, where I'm starting to get a bit older and we're starting to see, you know, the new advisors coming in and it's nice to see some youth coming in which is really good. But for many years, you know, I've only started seeing that about one or two years ago and I'm 10 years into my career. So 
you know, do the maths. If for a long time I've been the kind of youngest in the career, and I think that there is a discrimination against youth as well. I think there is an assumption that experience experience does come of age, yes, but I think that there, there's a, there's an assumption that you're stupid if you're young. And you don't have the answers if you're young, which again, this comes back to my point around the credibility thing. And actually, I think there's a benefit to having people that don't know. I think there's a benefit to having people who are young, who have no idea because they'll come in and they'll go, why are you doing it like that? You could just do it like this, you know? And then you go, shit, we've been doing this like this for 10 years. And that's where I think that if we always just work in the same industry all the time and we're not employing diverse people from from an experienced diversity point of view, from an ethnicity, from gender, from absolutely everything, then we're just going to get the same shit different day. And I don't think we can innovate like that. So it was kind of a shame to hear Rosa talk about her gender and her, and her colour from that point of view but I can see it you know I can kind of see it we've still got a long way to go and I do think that our profession still I don't think it, I don't think it's a it's racist like please don't take me the wrong way like I'm not saying we're a profession full of racism but like I still think that we are not doing enough I think in in my term so far at Irish Future Leaders, you know, we tried really hard to 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 kind of raise the awareness of this and make some change. And in my opinion, I don't think we've succeeded. Um, I think we could have done more. Unfortunately, we didn't. We weren't able to. Um, but I think there's a hell of a lot more that needs to be done. Um, and and I think that we need to be attracting young people to this profession because they are much more diverse than us like if you go to universities and start attracting people that are uni now you know just look at like i look at some of the friends of like my family that are younger than me and they're so diverse they're so diverse and i just can't wait to see the innovation that comes out of those generations it's going to be amazing Okay, so yeah, that was one interesting point I picked up on. Um, let's uh, let's have a look at my other notes. Okay, so I'm going to finish this off then on a couple of things. A, a bit of a call to action. So I was on a, um, I was kindly invited by Teresa Swinton to go on a panel this week for the HSE uh, Global Series UK Congress, and we were talking about language. And Ben Legg, the head of, um, I think he's director or head of safety uh, for Ferrero, I think they're the people that make Ferreros. I can't remember, I don't know how to pronounce it, but you know what, you know what I'm on about. Um, Anyway, international company, food company, food manufacturer. Yeah, you know, this guy knows what he's doing and we were having such a good chat on this panel. Honestly, such a good chat. One of the best panels I've ever had the, the privilege of being on um but just such a great chat and ben had a little call to action at the end is to say well how many of you sit on these things all the time and listen and listen and listen but how many of you actually take stuff away and actually do something with it so this is a little bit of a call to action rosa gave you things that you can do at the end of that podcast she said just start going and saying hello to people start building relationships 
I've talked about this for two years now on this podcast. Start building relationships. When you go to work on Tuesday, when's this coming out? No, wait. It's bank holiday Monday when I'm there. Bank holiday weekend, Saturday when I'm recording this. And um, it's not going to come out for like another week. So this is Monday when you're listening to this. So anyway, next when you go to work, my point is (laughs) the day is irrelevant. (laughs) Next when you go to work... Start building those relationships and pick it. Maybe you've got relationships and that's great at work. And, you know, everybody does, but like pick the people that you don't have, go to the department that you don't go very often. Just say, Hey everyone, how are you doing? Sit down, spend some time with them, have a cup of tea, say, how's work today? How was the family? Find out about their family. What did they do at the weekend? Did anybody watch line of duty? Oh my God. Um, that's one thing I care about and that's catching burnt coppers. Do you know what I mean? That's a terrible accent, but you know what I mean? Just go in there and just have a chat with that popular culture and build relationships. Like stop sitting and listening and just going, oh yeah, that's great. Reading books and going, oh yeah, that would be good. And then doing fuck all with it. You need to do it. Go to work on tomorrow. So so many people say, how do you remember everything that you read in books? One, one way. It's not, it's not annotating. It's not highlighting. It's not taking notes in a separate book. It's just fucking doing it. Read a book, find something you like, pick it up and go and do it. Listen to a podcast. Hear something you like, go and do it. Try it. See how it goes. And Rosie gave you some simple things that you can take away and start tomorrow. So every time you're on a webinar, Every time you're reading a book, every time you listen to a podcast, ask yourself, what am I going to do with this information? You don't have to do something with everything because sometimes you listen to some stuff and it's dross. Sometimes you read something and it's crap. You don't need it. Or maybe you know it's not going to work right now, but you keep it in the bank. You say, I'll remember that when I come back to it at another point when I'm ready for it. But right now I'm not ready for it. That's fine. But there will be times that there's something you can do with that information so go and bloody do it don't get me wrong this stuff is really really hard these soft skills are challenging to build and they're slow relationships take years to build but trust me when you start to see the difference it is phenomenal I mean, I've told this story so many times, but when I was in manufacturing, it's one of the most challenging jobs I had was my first safety job. And I went in with that old school, traditional police officer kind of safety. I feel like we're really harsh to police officers. I feel like making an assumption about, you know what I mean? Safety officer kind of attitude and was just getting nowhere. But then when I started just being one of the lads with these guys, I'm going on golf club, uh, golf days with them and having banter and having beers with them and chilling out and just building relationships we started to get somewhere and I was really lucky that was my first ever safety job and I realized that early on and I'm like shit okay this actually works I did the same when I was when I was traveling around the country for a certain large chain of hospitals in the UK and and just going around and building relationships with the people that I needed to going in how are you how's the family what do you do in your spare time how's work what are the challenges this this week tell me about work what does work look like for you understand what they're going through it takes time 
but trust me, it's worth it. Okay, peeps, that will do. I hope you've enjoyed that episode. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, don't forget to go to www.rebrandingsafety.com if you want to do some work with us. We can do branded videos if you're a if you're uh, self-employed or you're you're someone working in marketing for some reason. You're randomly listening to a safety safety program and you sell a product or something, or you think you love a product and you'd love to see what we can do with it, then pass this on to the person that manages the marketing of that product. We could do a little brand video for them. Um, if you want us to, maybe you're doing an event, we can do some extra, you know, something a little bit different for your keynote, something a little bit different for maybe a little workshop or a little open discussion room or whatever you want to do. We are up for it. Maybe you're doing that in your workplace. Let us know. Go www.rebalancesafety.com. Everything's on there. We're also looking for a couple more sponsors for the podcast. We've got one coming up for YouTube and the podcast. We would like a couple more for the podcast so that make sure that, you know, all this time I'm spending away from my daughter, um, we could actually make some money and feed us. Um, that would be nice. So yeah, a couple of things you can do, go over there. And if you want to buy some merch, it's all on that website as well. So you can go over there, get yourself some jumpers, some t-shirts and so on. So go and check that out as well. If you're looking to kick your development up the wazoo and shove it into sixth gear, then go to www.projectmeletium.com. Meletium is spelled M-O-L-L-I-T-I-A-M. Dot com. Project Meletium is a community. It's a mastermind community facilitated by myself and Colin Nottage. We run several calls such as our weekly community calls where we can help you with your wins, your goals and some challenges, uh, a monthly book club and a quarterly massive mastermind session, which first one's coming up in a week's time and I'm mega buzzing about it. So that's going to be great. I can get you on a call for free so you can come and try it first. There's loads of other little mini benefits as well, like your own little member area. Online courses are coming this year as well. And you've got a resource library where we just dump absolutely everything that we think can help people. And uh, the community can, can, can contribute to that as well. So the whole aim here is to bring cognitive diversity, bring a community of safety professionals together and help each other be better. So if you are looking to kind of take the next step in your career or maybe you're brand new in your career or maybe you're looking to give back and help people with your experiences um, help people learn from your experiences sorry then 100% this is for you so go to www.projectmeletium.com remember Meletium is spelled M-O-L-L-I-T-I-A-M okay people answer those questions by DMing me if you're not sure about anything at Rebranding Safety or Project Millennium DM me as well otherwise I shall catch you on the flip flop safe The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson. Thank you.